Blog Talk Radio. The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies, online marketing strategies, web, search, social, email, mobile, news, tips, tricks, and best practices from actual marketers, search professionals, and social media experts. Well, happy Friday, everybody. We are we are here on the line uh, with Susan Kane, and uh, thanks very much to Marty, who's uh, who's sitting here as well. Um, Marty has been a huge fan of Susan's, uh, as have I, from a reader standpoint. Um, and we wanted to get Susan on the show and and uh, and talk about the power of introverts. Marty, do you want to kind of take it off? Absolutely. Well, first of all, uh, Susan, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. Oh, sure. Um, dive right Great in. to be here with you. Great. Um, well, you know, the whole DK team, we were absolutely spellbound uh, when we listened to your TEDx talk, The Power of Introverts. And I'm just a, a little curious to hear from you what sort of reactions you got from people when you first started actually talking about this world of introverts. Oh, gosh. I mean, do you mean when I first started writing about it or talking about it or either one? Well, either one, but specifically when uh, – what were the, the types of reactions you got uh, from the uh, TEDx attendees? Well, um, you know, at, at the TED conference in particular, it was actually a really interesting reaction because, you know, the people who show up at TED and Long Beach, they, they tend to be in some ways a really high-powered crew. You know, it's a lot of people who have started companies and, and have grand visions and founders and entrepreneurs and that kind of thing. Um, and so it was interesting. And, and, I, and I was one of the first speakers. You know, the TED conference lasts for a full week, and I was really lucky to be one of the first people to go. And what that meant was I was there all week with people knowing what I had spoken about. And, um, and I found for the rest of the week that people kept coming up to me and telling me their own stories about having struggled as an introvert in an extrovert's world. And what was so amazing about it was, you know, I would then ask them some questions about who they were, and, and these were people who had accomplished things on the highest levels, and they were going through these struggles themselves. And in many cases, they said, you know, let's keep this between us, and people don't even think of... They, they would say to me, you know, people don't even realize I am an introvert. They think I'm an extrovert, um, because they had kind of gotten so accustomed to acting more extroverted than they really were. Um, but I, I, I think... I think the reason that the that the TED Talk touched the nerve that it did and that the book touched the nerve that it did is that the book gives that, that the whole idea of it gives people kind of permission to to be who they really are. Um and in you know it, it's permission to be the the parts of themselves that they're less comfortable with like you know the person who doesn't want to always go out to a party or who might feel uncomfortable at a networking event full of strangers. Um, but I think that it also gives people permission to own the part of their introverted selves that is linked to their success, you know, that there is a connection between being quiet and being creative, between being quiet and being persistent, um, between being quiet and being able to be a certain kind of quietly influential leader. Um, and, and I think people are starting to see that for the first time, and that can be a very powerful feeling. We've had we've had a couple of people on on the radio show who totally said that they were introverts, and that it really took a lot. 
for them to come out of their shell and write a book. I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Brian uh, Carter was one, and Scott Strauss was another one, which is pretty impressive. Um, do you think that the world is kind of stacked against extroverts or introverts, especially with the advent of social media and you know clout scores and influence and and all of these things that require someone to have an extroverted you know personality and and history online well you know i think that's a tricky question because yes in general i think that the world um can be hard for introverts because it places so much i'm talking now about the world in general not social media um, you know, it plays, it, our culture, Western culture, places so much of a premium on being very outspoken and calling attention to yourself and, um, you know, wanting to meet and greet constantly. But social media, to me, is interesting because I think it turns those things on their head just a little bit. Um, because with social media, you know, you can be out there expressing your ideas and connecting with, with thousands of people at once without ever actually leaving your house. So, you know, there's... There are a lot of introverts out there who are um, pretty big forces in social media um, who say that they wouldn't be if it required always you know, being out there in person. I, I actually just published an article about this in Time magazine um, called Why Gadgets Are Great for Introverts. And you know, I talked about people like Guy Kawasaki who says that social media is perfect for him because he loves to sit at home alone in the dark talking to his 2.6 million followers. Um, and and nice. and then there's another guy who I quoted, um, a guy named Matt Collier. Not sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but he describes himself as being an offline introvert, online extrovert. And <laughs> yeah, awesome. I think there's a yeah, I think there's a lot of people who feel that way. Outside the box, pushing the envelope, back to the drawing board. Thinking in new ways means doing in new ways, and it's hard to work creatively when you rely on old tools. Whiteboards, sticky notes, and endless email threads only get you so far, and don't work if your team is scattered across the globe. At MindJet, we offer the tools for more vibrant and productive brainstorming. MindJet puts your ideas into a visual framework in terms people can understand, and shares it with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Work fast, work smart. Go to MindJet.com to learn more. Delivera has been providing email software and professional services for more than 13 years. Delivera helps businesses and organizations execute effective email marketing campaigns by providing dynamic software and professional services, from full-out consulting engagements to help when you need it in areas such as design, production, deliverability, and testing. Voted one of the 2011 Best Places to Work in Indiana and one of Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies. Delivera partners with businesses and organizations across all industries and verticals and truly opens its doors each and every day to put the customer first. To learn more about Delivera, visit www.delivera.com or call 866-915-9465. Tell them you heard about Delivera from the Marketing Technology Blog. Well, I, this, this is Marty. I, I am a dyed-in-the-wool introvert that over the years has learned how to uh, create that extrovert shell 
and and I know what I do to sort of recharge myself um, in the background, but in, in your experience when, when talking with uh, high-profile, very successful professionals, what, what are some things that you've you've uh, heard from them? How, how are they sort of staying in touch with their inner introvert, if you will? <laughs> well, I think there's one universal that um, people use all the way down from the most from the most high power to the most low powered, um, and that is saying, "Excuse me, I need to use the restroom." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, you know, you're at a dinner and you feel like, "Oh gosh, I've just had enough," and "Excuse me, I need to use the restroom," and you can just go and chill out for a few minutes. Um, it's time honored, and uh, it, there's actually a guy who I wrote about in my book, um, a professor named Brian Little, psychology professor, lovely, lovely guy, and he's a world class speaker. Um, you know, he gets standing ovations everywhere he goes, and he's an introvert. And he says that, you know, he gives these amazing talks, and then afterwards, you know, of course people come um, up to him and they want to talk to him for the next five hours, and, and he always has to go to the bathroom. You know, he, it's like explicit, that is what he does. Um, but, you know, I think there's all kinds of things people do. Um, you know, if you know that you have a day that's going to be full of meetings, let's say, then you make sure not to schedule lunch with anyone and you take lunch by yourself. Um, you know, you can do things like make sure to go and leave your office and take a, a solitary walk every day. It's going to be different for every person, but what I find is that when people start to feel entitled to be who they are, and, you know, they're not ashamed of this need for, for solitude, but rather they think it's cool and they embrace it. Once you get to that mental state, you will start to find ways to get the solitary breaks that you need. I think the first step is a kind of psychic entitlement to actually take those breaks, and then you know, and then it's really easy once you've gotten there to figure out what the breaks should be. Right. It's interesting. I think people would look at me and they would say, there's no way you have an introverted <laughs> bone in your body. But sometimes it's exhausting, uh, you know, staying on social media, writing the blog post, speaking everywhere. Uh, I tend to just retreat every once in a while, and I, I guess that's my I, I don't think I'm an introvert, but I have cave time, definitely, where yeah. I just don't want to talk to anybody, see anybody. I just want to read a book and be quiet. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. I, I hear that from a lot of extroverts. I, I think that our society nowadays is so hyper-extroverted that even extroverts feel like it's too much for them. Um, and I, I think that that's one of the reasons that, yoga is as popular as it is, you know, yoga and meditation and the trend towards simplicity, living, this kind of thing. I, I think a lot of that is an expression um, against a culture that wants us to be on 24-7, and we're just not built that way. Hardly anyone is. So I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Susan, you also, I think, as, as you know, in, in part the result of your book and, all, and, and, and TEDx, but also the, the ongoing dialogue you're having with people um, you're you're really to some extent confronting the prevailing wisdom of of, of leadership in the business world um, do you have any ideas on how corporate America can release its inner geek um, <laughs> does that make any sense yeah no it makes a lot of sense and I've been having a lot of conversations with corporate America about it and you know I can tell you one one thing that's really heartening and exciting is how receptive corporate America is to this message which is something I hadn't necessarily predicted. Um, but, you know, I, I think when you make the case to people that 
introverts make up a third to a half of the workforce, and it's in everybody's interest to make the most of these people's talents. Um, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, that makes sense. Now what do we do? Um, and there's a lot of different things to do. And when it comes to leadership, I think one one really important piece is understanding that introverts actually often make great leaders. You know, there's actually groundbreaking research that just came out of the Wharton School by uh, the professor Adam Grant, and he found that introverted leaders actually often deliver better outcomes than extroverts do. Um, in specific situations, it's in situations when, when they're, where they're managing proactive, energized employees. The introverts are actually more likely to let those employees run with their ideas, whereas extroverts can become very excited, um, want to put their own stamp on things, they tend to be more dominant, um, and so other people's ideas don't as easily rise up to the surface. And, and um, you know, th this is something you see across the board. So if you're thinking as a business leader and you're thinking, okay, who am I going to groom for leadership slots on down the line, you know, we, we need to start thinking in broader ways and not assume that the person who is more quiet and reserved and understated doesn't have leadership potential because that's just not true. And, it, you know, that's in fact, I, I, was, I was talking the other day, not the other day, I guess this was a few months ago now, um, with the head of a, a gigantic fashion company. And she was telling me that she realized to her horror that her deputies had been appointing as lead designers not the best designers, but rather the people who made the best presentations about the clothes they had designed. And she ended up having to spend a lot of time and a lot of political capital undoing these appointments. And you know, I, I think that that's time that we could all save ourselves if we stop confusing schmoozing ability and presentation ability with actual getting things done. Um, you know, getting things done is something introverts and, and extroverts do equally, um, but presenting it is a completely different skill. Marketing Tech Blog listeners meet Right On Interactive. Right On Interactive is a marketing automation company that helps organizations win, keep, and grow business. They do this through a life cycle marketing solution that builds engagement throughout the life cycle of every prospect and customer. Recognized as a top-ranking marketing automation solution with a hands-on implementation strategy, Right On Interactive provides an engagement blueprint for sales and marketing teams so they see where to invest their resources to drive revenue. Engagement drives relationships, and relationships drive revenue. This is why nurturing relationships is key. Lifecycle marketing from Right On Interactive. It's the next evolution of marketing automation. To learn more, visit rightoninteractive.com. Email info at rightoninteractive.com. Each and every week, you get bombarded with hundreds of emails, dozens of meetings, countless requests, updates, and reminders, and a deluge of out-of-control deadlines and tasks. More information and distraction means less communication, which affects your productivity, efficiency, and your sanity. At MindJet, we offer the tools to help you get the job done. MindJet takes that information overload and organizes it visually in terms people can understand and shares it with those who actually need it. Work fast, work smart. Go to MindJet.com to learn more. It sounds like I was, I was on Facebook and I belonged to a 
a social marketers group, which is a pretty, um, it's a huge collection of, of some just incredible marketers. And one of the marketers asked if, if you were working with a social media consultant who didn't maintain a good public presence and maintain their own community online and maintain their own, you know, Twitter following and, and dialogue, would you trust them? Mm-hmm. And I was really surprised, I think, as, as you've just stated, that many of the people within the, within the group said, absolutely. Uh, and, and not only that, I, I thought, I, uh, you know, I just added my two cents in that it's not, a, it's not the same thing when you're creating your own following. Um, so even within a leadership standpoint, there's creating your own following and then there's leading the charge and, and actually leading the company. And with social media, we tend to see, see the same things. We have people that are social media leaders, but they're not necessarily helping companies develop you know, social media strategies. And then we have a lot of agencies throughout the country with incredible talent who aren't in the spotlight, who don't have their own following, but are doing an incredible job of, of, of laying the groundwork of, of social strategies within, within organizations. So I, I, I just wanted to draw a parallel there, but, but I, thought, I thought it was an accepted, um, the answers from a lot of people were very accepting that, no, you don't have to be, you know, I guess, I guess we can say the parallel is an extrovert in order to teach people how to be extroverts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, right. Or, you know, just an idea that people, they shine in really different ways. And, you know, as you're saying, the person who is really good at strategizing what someone else's social media strategy should be, that that actually has very little to do with whether you have the the energy and the patience and the inclination to create your own following. They're, they're Absolutely. Really complete, they're completely different skill sets. And and, and, and and you know the, and the opposite is true. You know the person who who is motivated to try to collect two million followers on Google Plus may not be the same person who is motivated to advise a company on how they should do that. You know it works both ways. We uh, we recently hired a uh, graphic designer here, and he's just been absolutely fantastic. And it was really funny because when he came on board, um, you know I said, hey, let's connect on Facebook and he said oh, I'm, I'm not on Facebook <laughs> and I think after all of our jaws dropped <laughs> we were really kind of happy <laughs> that you know out of three billion people in the world he was one of the people it's been it's been absolutely incredible he's he is the type of person who likes to find his spot he told me is is actually at the university that he graduated he has a room in there that he loves to work in, and he goes and and he works and 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 the productivity and the design work that he's been um, establishing for us has been just stunning. Um, so we're you know I, I there was never a doubt I guess in 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 my in my mind on whether he was going to be a good designer or not. It was but it was surprising that you know here's someone that's joining an agency that is knowingly you know, out there and, and just you know, trying to be in the spotlight all the time. And that's something that he's not really, you know, um, pursuing. And um, it winds up being a great fit within our organization. That's really interesting. And, you know, I also think it, it bespeaks in him a certain kind of inner confidence, you know, to be able to do that, 
to say everybody in the world is on Facebook, but I actually don't need it. Oh, um, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think another interesting thing is when we talk about social media, we, we tend to lump all the different forms of social media together, and they're actually very different, especially when it comes to introverts and extroverts. I, I've had a lot of introverts tell me that, for example, they really like Twitter, but they don't like Facebook so much um, because Twitter, you know, it focuses more on exchanging information, and Facebook is more about being chatty, about sharing photos, um, you know, how many friends do you have? Even though you could say with Twitter, too, is how many followers do you have, but it's somehow a different kind of thing. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think it's important, even in developing a social media strategy for somebody else, to think about who the users are and how you're best going to be reaching them. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Susan. It's Jen. Um, Hi, Jen. I actually, so uh, personality tests have been part of my life for pretty much more than half my life. And um, for about the first 18 years, I was considered more of an introvert as opposed to an extrovert. And now mm -hmm. I'm very, very high towards the extrovert scale. Um, I guess I'm curious on your thoughts about making those sort of transitions because, you know, I, I do believe there are uh, neurological differences between extroverts and introverts, but I guess I'm curious what your thoughts on transitioning um, from introvert to extrovert. Is it possible? Do you think I was just, quote, unquote, diagnosed wrong past my life? What What do you think? Well, you know, I don't know about your particular situation without knowing more about it. Um, but for most people, you do have a kind of biological disposition one way or the other. And, and many people will report sort of changing over time, but usually what they're talking about is more, if you're talking about going in the introvert to extrovert direction as opposed to the other way around, um, usually what they're talking about is developing social skills over time and, and maybe situations that made them feel uncomfortable or ill at ease as a child no longer feel that way as an adult because they've developed the skills to handle those, those situations. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not still an inter introvert underneath in the sense of still wanting to go off and recharge their batteries by being alone or being with close friends, um, you know, still liking to kind of work, uh, work on one task at a time and really focus and dig deep as opposed to, as opposed to working on many things at once, um, kind of depth versus breadth type of orientation. All those things can still stay in place while... Um, while seeming to, while a person seems to become more extroverted on the surface, so that's something I see a lot. And then, you know, the other thing you see is people going in the other direction because most people, according to the research, most people become more introverted as they grow older, um, and and it's probably a function of introversion. That, that the difference between introverts and extroverts is really how you respond to stimulation, you know, like noise and and social stimulation, everything that's coming at you. Um, introverts are at their happiest when there's less coming at them, and extroverts want more of it, more stimulation. Um, but all of us, as we grow older, tend to want less stimulation. You know, like there's even the stereotype of older people don't like to go to restaurants that are very noisy, um, and that's because right. our tolerance for stimulation kind of declines as we get older. And so most people tend to go in a kind of more interior direction um, with age. So I don't. So I don't have introverted in me. I'm just getting old. That's what you're saying. Yeah. That's exactly what she's saying. Oh, nice, Jen. Just kidding. Jen. Just kidding. Uh, well, this 
is just a fun fact, but lately I've been doing um, some research on um, anxiety, and um, it's very interesting that you actually say that because they say that anxiety problems actually increase as you get older when you're with around people. It, it, your anxiety increases as you get older when you're around people, which would kind of make sense. So if you're becoming more introverted as you get older, then you know anxiety becoming more prominent in your life when you're around people makes sense. Anyway, oh, that's back. interesting. That's interesting. That's interesting. Or, or you just cherish the silence more. <laughs> Every. <laughs> The Marketing Tech Blog, sponsored by DK New Media. If your online presence isn't driving affordable leads to your company, DK New Media can assist. DK New Media specializes in building measurable online strategies, leveraging search engines, social media, video, mobile, and your existing site. DK New Media helps you automate your efforts, reducing resources needed, all while educating your staff and making you the experts. Visit DKNewMedia.com for more information. Susan, this is Marty. Uh, I, I've been uh, very fortunate uh, to have worked with a lot of major corporations, specifically their uh, community managers. And, and one, one trait that I have always seen is that they tend to be really good listeners. Um, and they seem to have a knack in... Um, in creating a, a, a workforce that has a high level of empathy. Mm-hmm. In other words, the, really, the companies that are really excelling at community management and using social media tend to have a lot of empathy. And uh, are those traits that you typically see at a higher level in, in introverts or not? Um, well, I mean, when it comes to empathy, I think that's that's probably not related to introversion and extroversion so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I think introverts can be empathic, extroverts can be as well. When it comes to listening, introverts do tend to develop their listening skills pretty well. Um, you know, and I, I think it comes originally from preferring in a conversation to be the one who's listening rather than talking. It's just more comfortable for introverts. And, you know, what, what ends up happening over time is that because they're, they start out being more comfortable that way, they end up learning, I think, early in life to how to tune into other people's frequencies um, at a pretty deep level. So that that can end up being incredibly helpful in all kinds of ways. You know, I, I used to be a lawyer. Um, I was a Wall Street lawyer for like seven years. And I found when I was in negotiations that my tendency to be more of a listener than a talker was incredibly useful because... You know, if you're listening intently to people, you can figure out what is the thing that's really driving them, you know, and how, how can you make a deal that's based not on what they're explicitly asking for, but what you can sense they actually really want under the surface. So it's an interesting thing. You know, it, it's like a, um, an inclination that you have that might initially be based on a sense of discomfort, like a discomfort with talking, can end up being really useful in unexpected ways. Wow, that's that's interesting. And do you think? And and maybe we'll we'll wrap up we'll wrap up the interview. Um, we'll do a couple more questions and then uh, hear about you know how people can find you, where they can find your book. Um, within organizations, 
Do you, ha, have you found any information that supports that you really need a combination that that it's not that if you have a if you have a company that is totally introverted they can suffer in some ways and if you have companies that are extroverted they can suffer in some ways and it's really the combination of the two that provides the most you know the most power to 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 really advance the corporation yes, yes. and I'm actually so glad you asked that question because it's so important. There, there actually is uh, management research that shows exactly what you just said, that um, the teams that are made up of introverts and extroverts, a mix of the two, outperform the teams that are all one or all the other. Um, and so I absolutely advocate for that. Um, and, you, you know, I, I also think that we need to be thinking about this, not just at the team level, but at the level of leadership, because most organizations nowadays, they're just too big, really, to be able to be effectively led by any one person or any one temperament. And you often see leadership pairs where you have one person who has a more introverted orientation and the other who's more extroverted, who can really kind of cover all the bases that need to be covered. Um, you know, an example being, let's say, Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg at Facebook, where he actually, he's more of an introvert. And he explicitly hired Sheryl Sandberg knowing that she was going to be interested in more of the people stuff than he would be, and he's more interested in some of the strategy questions. And, you know, they each respect each other's bailiwick, um, know what the other brings to the table, and don't really interfere with each other in those ways. So I think that's one hmm. example of many. So we have we have no hope for improving Washington, D.C., do we? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying that because you think it's all extroverts? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, though. I mean, you know, right now, I think we probably have a presidential race that's one introvert squaring off against the other. I, I, I think Obama and Romney are probably both introverts. Although I agree with you, it's, it's not usual, but um, at least yeah. this time around, I think that's what we're seeing. That's fascinating. Well, Susan, where can people find you online, um, and, and where can they get your book? Well, thanks for asking. Um so let's see, the book is available pretty much everywhere, you know, your bookstore, um, Amazon, BN.com, and so on. And, and find me and online. That's the power, and oh, that's I'm the sorry. power of called, introverts. Yes, of course. It's called Quiet, the Power of Introverts in a World that Can't Stop Talking. Um, and my last name is Kane, C-A-I-N. I guess the other thing is blogging, Twitter, Facebook. Do you have presences there? Yep, I sure do. So my blog is called um, thepowerofintroverts.com. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog. Visit us online at marketingtechblog.com. From there, find links to follow us on Facebook and Twitter.